Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. (laughs) Hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. (laughs) (laughs) And you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Welcome to Do Go On, the brand new show with myself, Dave Warnicky, and I'm here with one of my co-hosts, Matt Stewart. Hey Dave, how's it going? Good, thank you, Matthew. It's really good to be here. So we're gonna we're sticking with the name Do Go On. We are going with Do Go On. We need want to add one more person to the trio that is Do Go On. I'm the Do, you're the Go, and the On is Jess Perkins. <laughs> Always on. <laughs> Always on. Hello, hello, Jess. hello, lads. How are we? We are good, making podcast history, as you said before we mm-hmm. hit record, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think crossed. it'll be a trivia question one day? What What was the first thing Dave Warnicky said on the historical oh. first Do Go On podcast? That is honestly going to be a life goal of mine, is to get a Trivial Pursuit question about me. Yeah. I think I'd have to be some sort of mass murderer, though, to get on there. Yeah, what, what's your best How many people did Dave Warnicky murder in 2017? <laughs> <laughs> what's oh, your wow. best chance so far in your first 25 years? What have you What have you done that's the most noteworthy? Uh, Dave Warnicky. Uh, school captain of Eltham East Primary School 2002. Hello. That's pretty good. Hello. That's Thank pretty you. good. Drama captain of uh, Avila College 2008. Not oh, bad. Nice, Matthew. Any captaincies? Uh, Are you a leader? Year 9 SRC. Hello. St. James well, East Bentley. I think <laughs> hey, but wait, wait. Icing on the cake. Mm. Yep. The badge was given to me uh, by our biggest, uh, most famous alumni, 
Luke Beveridge, now coach of the Western Bulldogs <laughs> football team. Thank you. Oh my! At the time, la di da. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so, ooh, ooh, Mr. Beveridge. There's also a rumor that I, I don't never found out if it was true or not. Our other famous uh, alum, no, was um, a guy. He got expelled from a, a Frankston High School and came for one year, and he was the singer of Twenty Eight Days. I don't know if that's true or not, but. Wow, rip it up. We, we were pretty proud of that. Yeah. At the they time. It, I reckon. So, but they don't get him back to present the No, SRC apparently not. Just... So, that's why I don't know if it's de- definitely true. I didn't see his photo wasn't on a, in the uh, gymnasium like Luke Beveridge's was. So. Mm. Well, yeah. th- well, there we go. So, uh, well, I think I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to outrank you here with the school captain. Then yeah, uh, my vice president is, of course, the drama captain. Drama and then, um, yeah. Because I was a very oh. specific <laughs> captain, but you were a captain of the whole school. The entire... Everyone. But I was also pro- uh, school captain and sports captain in grade six. I don't know if that... But that that's what I'm talking about. I am in grade six. Yeah, yeah, yeah I wasn't yeah. a sports... So, oh, so, so I was both. Pa- okay, pardon me. I was only a captain in the choir in grade six oh as well. Oh, my God. So... <laughs> Uh, over to you, my fearless leader, Jess Perkins, <laughs> school captain, sports captain, dra- dra- and dra- drama I've just and sports. Got, I've just always been a natural leader, <laughs> is what we're learning here. Absolutely. Yeah. What What did you use your power for? Oh, oh evil. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, in, my, in every SRC meeting that I can remember, did SRC is like a thing still? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. What yeah. is the Absolutely. same? Student, Student representative, representative council. council? Yeah. Every, every, every meeting, it was uh, one kid would be like, all right, first on the agenda, can we get a deep fryer in the tuck shop? <laughs> yeah. We want chips at lunchtime. Hot chips, please. <laughs> and the principal will be like, um, yeah, look, we're looking into it. <laughs> Every week. Like, We've been looking into it fuck up. every week since <laughs> that guy from 28 Days brought one to school and got expelled. <laughs> <laughs> what a great way to get expelled! Oh, for Chips deep, for all. Deep frying, deep frying stuff in the mm. in the locker bay. All right, well, guys. Well, we are here. We are going to go on. The show is called Do Go On, and uh, what happens is the three of us are all interested in varying topics and stuff. I write. <laughs> true. That is the yeah. I think that's true about everyone. <laughs> But for example, you mentioned you were really proud of knowing a guy called Luke Beveridge and I'd never heard of him, even though that he's the coach of the football team that I claimed to barrack for. Yeah. So, very, very different so great. hobbies, skills and interests. Mm. And uh, I also, um, so we all do, uh, know each other from performing comedy around Melbourne, but I, um, my job is to write trivia questions for a uh, pub trivia company. Uh, Matt, you also work for this pub trivia company, your new quiz host, and you also... Have a job part-time fact-checking questions for a TV quiz show. Yes. And Jess, you just love life. And I just love you guys. <laughs> and I just like hanging out with you. So I thought, I'm in. You're in? You're Perkins totally in. Perkins is in. So, um, and I'm good at trivia. I don't write it, but I'm generally pretty good at it. Ex- that's all it needs to be. Test so, it, test it. Give her a... No, no, don't, because now, uh, now I've got cocky. What uh, <laughs> football team does Luke Beveridge coach? Uh, Bulldogs. Yeah, she Point to good. her. She, she is good. She is good. So, um... Re- researching questions, I often get into a Wikipedia binge, like some sort of uh, cycle where I can't get out and I'm just suddenly reading about all kinds of stuff. And I'm sure, Matt, you read about things that you don't really yeah. need to know about when you're fact-checking. Totally. I think I, I would be surprised if Jess doesn't fall down similar holes, right? Oh, of course, absolutely. I think everyone gets falls, knows what the feeling of falling down a, a wiki hole is like. Yeah. It's the same as like a YouTube vortex. Yeah. You know, like you watch one thing or like you watch one tutorial or you look up one Wikipedia page and then three hours later you're like looking at Napoleon and you're like, what am I doing here? <laughs> 
It's interesting. It's really fascinating. Yeah, totally. Well, this show is four a.m. Well, this show is all about those fascinating things that you read about at four a.m. and you've got no reason to know it, no one to tell it, and that's what we're going to do on this show. Each week, we're going to take it in turns to prepare a report, a class presentation, if you will, if we're going to keep going with the school Mm. sort of metaphor that we've got going on, and um, to the other two, sort of teach them about something that we've learnt during the week in one of our Wikipedia binges. So um, I'm going to go first with our report. I'm going to go on about something at length. And that is, well, it started with a question. So I'm going to ask you guys a question. And that is, when you think of art, do you guys like art? Yeah. Uh, I d- you know of it? <laughs> you know of art? No, I just, uh, like, uh, I think uh, I... I just love, you know that saying people say, that sort of cliches, I don't know a lot about art, but, but I, know what I, I know what I like. <laughs> <laughs> and what I like is uh, my favourite art. Is it, do you, what, what are you going to talk about? Can I? Well, I'm just going to ask, when you think of art, this is probably for you, what do you, what do you think of? What piece? It might be a sculpture, right. or a, a painting, well, I, installation, I was... if you will. Is it, before you even brought up that question, I already had a, a piece of art in my mind. Was, do you know a guy called Frederick McCubbin? Oh, yes, a very famous Australian artist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did like a lot of bush landscapes and yeah. stuff. He did this painting called The Pioneer. Yeah. And it was like one of those three paintings in one paintings. It's called a triptych. 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 T-R-I-P. That sounds way better than three paintings in one. Because I feel like he would have finished it and gone... Check this out. I've done a three paintings in one. <laughs> but no, maybe, no, 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 he might have said triptych. No, absolutely. You call it a triptych. Uh, if the, the three panels sort of go together and that's one, one sort of piece. And I know the one you mean. Yeah, my parents have a print of it. Of the Pioneer. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of my primary school, we had one hanging in the library. Ah, oh, there you go. Great yeah. painting. So, so Where Frederick, you were a captain, right? You were well, a library uh, yeah, captain? Yeah, that's right. I, no, I installed that painting because <laughs> I was a big Frederick McCubbin fan. No, he's a very famous bush artist and you think of art, you think of that, you... What, I'm a McCubbin man. What's your exposure to McCubbin? <laughs> How'd you get in, into the McCubbins? I got into McCubbin via a different uh, painting, uh, The Lost. I think it was called The Lost Girl, and that was my parents had a print of that mm. at home, which I quite like. But there's, there's nothing can compare to a trip ditch. Yeah, you've used that word correctly. Yeah, yes. thank you very well much. Done. Well done. Uh, yeah, I I was thinking like when you said art, I was just thinking like Statue of David. Statue of David? <laughs> oh, yeah. By you know, Michelangelo. That is correct. Quite famous, that one, you know. Well, we might talk a bit about M- Michelangelo here, but I'm thinking of a painting, the world's, uh, what would you say is the world's most famous Ooh. painting? After McCubbin's trip After McCubbin's trip <laughs> after the painting of Michelangelo's Statue of David. Uh it would have to be like something like The Scream or the oh, Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa, I was going to say, yeah. Mona Lisa, we have a oh. winner. Now, the Mona Lisa, <laughs> it's featured <laughs> in the 20th century. It featured in over 2,000 advertisements. It's in the most visited gallery in the world, the Louvre. They estimate that 80% of the near 10 million people that visit every year go just so they can see that little face hanging on a wall. Yeah, I did. That's crazy. You, there, there we, I'm just gonna, so we're going to talk about the Mona Lisa today. And my first question was going to be, have you guys been to the Louvre in Paris? Have you have. come face to face with the lady herself? I sure have. And it's how, was, how was the experience? She's smaller than you think. It is. She's not that big. Little, she's a little lady. It little is lady. an insanely overwhelming and underwhelming thing, Yeah, I found. Because I visited... Um, so... I, I went in the off-season, so it was Christmas Eve in 2013. It was raining, and I still had to line up outside for an hour. Oh, That's man. how popular this, this place is. 
And uh, you go in there and you've heard about it all your life and you think, I think a lot of people, if they think of paintings, they think of Leonardo da Vinci's Mona Lisa and mm. you get there and you're face to face with her and it's so small. Yeah. So that's sort of super underwhelming. But then it's overwhelming because it's in this pretty small room and there's more people than you ever thought even existed. Yeah. yeah. Crammed and into one place. You know what I found really funny as well? I felt sorry for the other paintings that are in that room because <laughs> you turn around uh, directly opposite the Mona Lisa is this enormous... Yeah, it's a bit, well, I've researched that maybe. Have it's you really? called um, The oh. Wedding at Cana by another artist called Veronese and that is the biggest painting in the entire museum. It measures... Six meters by ten meters. Yeah, it's huge and, and it has, it's beautiful. It's amazing. It's got a hundred and thirty different full-size people painting in it. One of whom is Jesus Christ, <laughs> and, and still, nobody looks at it. No one is looking at it, and it's. To uh, me, that would be. A w- I'd be way more interested in seeing that. But uh, to answer your question uh, about the Louvre, is this, am I saying that right? Yeah. I went. I have been. I've been. I don't know if. I haven't been inside there, so is it true to say that I've been there? Yeah. I've been near you've, there. You've been to the Louvre, but you haven't been uh, in, in the, the Louvre. Louvre. Yeah. There was is a that? really... It was a, Unlike you, I was there in the middle of summer. It was a beautiful day. I'd never seen such blue skies. Uh, but the line was still pretty long, and I... I mean, I... I, like, I didn't have to line up at all. Wow. I just could not be... Bo- I well, would have... you just point at your face and go... I was like, um, excuse Perkins. me, you've probably seen me on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I was the captain of my school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, so I did not go inside. But I thought that triangle thing looks cool. Yeah, it does look pretty the cool. The pyramid thing. The glass yeah. pyramids at the front. So I'm, I was into that. But yeah, I was we, by myself. Who, who cues oh, no, for like an hour or so by yourself? See, I was with a group of friends and we got to Paris on a Friday and then we're looking up like things we can do and it's uh, there was a little note on the website that was like, uh, people under 25 get in for free on Friday nights. And we were like, let's all go. So we got in for free. Wow. Can you believe that? Free we just showed our ID. There was like, my, my four friends went first and he went, yep, yep, yep. We got to me and he... Did he actually say yep or was he... We? No, he was going yes because he could see that it was Australian licenses. And, <laughs> and then he looked yeah, at mate. mine he looked at mine and went, no. And I was like, oh no. And then he's like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> can I let me in? I, I was comedian. like, oh, the French, they are funny. Oh, they they are very, very <laughs> funny. And, uh, actually, I found the most overwhelming thing ever is that you're in the room, like I say, with a million other people. It's disappointingly small. It only measures 77 by 53 centimetres. Wow. So, like, less than a tenth of the size of this other massive penny yeah. across, across the, the road from it. It's behind glass. So many people there. And one part of you is trying to connect with the most famous piece of art in the entire world history of mankind and at the same time there's also about six people taking a selfie where they're looking like they're picking her nose (laughs) (laughs) it's like the biggest cultural oh god this (laughs) is not good i just it just to me like i i kind of get the reason why you go see it i i love being in a place where something's so famous that you sort of Get this, I get this weird feeling like I can't believe I'm in the same room as this thing. Yeah. But at the same time, I've seen it. It's a picture, right? I've seen pictures of it, which are pretty accurate. I think they're photos often. I know exactly what it looks like. And if it's not, if, if you're not gaining anything because the scale of it's pretty small, I don't yeah. really get the point. You can't go up close. Yeah. Can, yeah. If it's some huge thing. Oh, look, I'm sounding like a dickhead. No, no, no. But I know Please what you mean. go on. <laughs> I know what you mean because I, I thought the same about a lot of landmarks. 
because I'm just like, oh, I've seen seen so many photos of them, like leaning tower of Pisa. Like, oh, I've seen it. I'm like, I, but then you go and it's like, oh. yeah, there is something cool about being in the same places. Yeah, like and it was kind of nice to be like, wow, that's the actual Mona Lisa. That's pretty cool. That's uh, a very old painting. All right, let's yeah, go well, get that sort of stuff blows me away. Actually, you know, when you're in a place and you're like, this thing was literally touched by Leonardo. Yeah. I was going to say DiCaprio. DiCaprio. <laughs> that is a real, yeah. <laughs> he is a pretty big box office star, but I don't think even he would be allowed to touch the painting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so if, uh, if the Mona Lisa is the most famous painting in the world, as I continually claim it is, what do we know about it? Surely if it's famous, what, what do you guys know? Surely you know a lot about it, right? Well, I know it was painted by Leonardo. Da Vinci. Da Vinci. <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad. I'm not like, I'm not fucking around. I just, my instinct is to say DiCaprio. Yeah. Um, is that bad? Who uh, was, who uh, was from the past? Yes. The dis- It was like from the 1500s or something That's earlier? Correct. Yes. That's correct. Um, what else do we know? I'm, I'm going to know bits and pieces as you say them, but I can't recall them so, now. But What's so the most famous that- thing about Leonardo to you? Uh, he was an inventor as well as a painter. And a ninja turtle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about ninja turtles. We are going to get there. <laughs> we are definitely going to talk ninja turtles because I'm a big he's fan. He's left-handed. He's left-handed like me. Ah, sinister. Yeah. So, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was. Yeah. Yes, definitely left-handed. We we're going to talk about the great man, Leonardo. We're going to talk about... He had a beard. Ninja turtles. <laughs> But do His mates called him Leo. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's weird that we don't know that much about something that's so famous? Yeah. And then I think that's weird, but then I think people know less about art than ever. And I know this because a few weeks ago I was doing one of these uh, trivia nights. I was hosting a corporate trivia night for a big real estate firm in the city here in Melbourne. And one of the questions was uh, pretty easy. It was um, in uh, Florence in 1501... What Italian artist began sculpting the giant statue of David ah. that we've already talked about? Mm-hmm. Now, the answer, as everyone knows, Michelangelo. But one guy, after I ask this question, stands up loudly and yells, Mate, how the fuck am I supposed to know that? That's like asking, who sculpted the bronze statue of Ron Barassi outside the <laughs> MCG? No. And he was serious. Oh. <laughs> serious. So I know... Oh, boy. <laughs> moral here... Like, I've lost faith in humanity. Yeah. People know nothing about art. So we're going to talk um, about the most famous painting on earth today, the Mona Lisa, and why it is so incredibly famous. So a bit of a background. Mona Lisa, as you guys know, as already told me, is painted by Leonardo da Vinci in Florence in Italy in about 1503. Good year. Good year. Good year. Only For couple- wine and art. Mm. <laughs> If you still had wine... Or Are you holding on to that bottle still? Oh, yeah. yeah. For that my firstborn. Wor- worth a fortune. That's right. On my firstborn 600th birthday, <laughs> they can crack open this delicious Vinci wine. Uh, people argue about how long you painted it for, but the Louvre, let's go over them because we've uh, all been there, not in there, but been there. They argue, well, they tell, you, tell everyone that it started in 1503 and you painted it to 1506. So some people say you're still touching it up 15 years later towards the end of his life. But let's say he did it for a few years. Touching it up. Then Leonardo himself. Touch. Oh, yeah. My goodness. It's terrible. <laughs> Matt just winked at me. <laughs> oh. oh, he did it to me. It feels gross. <laughs> T- don't, don't wink after you said touch up. So, the Vinch man. Leonardo himself is a really, really interesting guy. 
And um, not only because he is the namesake of my personal favourite Ninja Turtle, mm-hmm. which is Leonardo. Ah, uh, the leader. Blue, that makes lead, sense. School I'm the captain. Leader, school captain. Uh, I also carry two swords with me everywhere I go, just yeah. like the real one. How about you guys? Did you have a favourite favorite Ninja Turtle? Um, it's hard. I mean, it's like picking a favourite child. Mine, I... Oh, really? That difficult? Because yeah. I, I thought most kids had... I like them all, obviously. They're, yeah, all, yeah, fr- they're all ninjas and turtles. Whoa. I always forget but which colour was which. I think mine that's my mine was Donatello, the purple. I was going to say. But no, I think really? I liked... Which one was blue? That was Leonardo. That was Leonardo. Yeah, okay. Maybe I'll... Oh, I yeah, I think... I'm sensing well, you are a leader as well, so yeah. that makes sense. I'm sensing that you're not as big a fan as mm-hmm. Matt or I. <laughs> I think um, my brother was really into it, so I think I rejected it a little bit. Yeah, Because you know, right. I was like, no, that's not cool. And I, th- I think... I think I, my favourite would have been Michelangelo if it was, you know, if it was just a being fully honest kind of thing. Oh, right. <laughs> you know, it was one of them being fully <laughs> honest kind of things. So now you're an adult and you can make real choices. Well, you're rethinking No, Donatello. I mean, I, as a kid, I picked Donatello. I think it was because he was like a bit of an underdog. He, no one's favourite was Donatello. Yeah, because one, he was a nerd that did computers and machines. Two, he carried a wooden a stick. Bo- a bow staff. Is what they called it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, all right, that versus two swords. Come on, mate. <laughs> yeah, Come but it, on. like the wooden stick seemed to hold up really well against things. And he like he was still good. He used, spun it around and stuff. Yeah, he did a bit of pole vaulting. <laughs> so he was he was the yeah, the thoughtful kind of one. And then Michelangelo was the funny one, which I think is who everyone's favourite was at the time from memory. But that, I think that was why. I, and I think that's a yeah, similar reason why. the party dude, yeah. Why I'm a George Harrison fan, you know, because he's like... Not ever, you know, or even Ringo. I've I've been in arguments saying Ringo's got some skills. You think Ringo could beat Leonardo? Well, I feel like Ringo's probably the Donatello of the Beatles. Oh, oh, okay. I reckon McCartney would be the Leonardo. Michelangelo would be the Lennon. <laughs> Leaving George Harrison as the rude one, Raphael. Oh, yeah, no, that doesn't. Yeah, Raphael that doesn't had a bit of like an anger issue, didn't yeah, he? he? He was really like in the theme song. He so was maybe he's that. Maybe him. McCartney is Raphael. They called him a uh, cool but rude. <laughs> cool but rude. And then someone is a party Michelangelo, dude. Michelangelo, party dude. Oh, here's a great fact about that that theme song. This is a killer fact. Okay. Uh, the guy that created Two and a Half Men, Big Bang Theory, all those kind of shitty shows. Chuck Law. Yeah. Is his name? He I always pronounced that Laurie in my head. Oh, I also thought it was Chuck Law. He, no, it probably definitely he is. In the <laughs> 80s was a musician. Well, he's obviously still, still makes music, but he was a musician and songwriter, and he co-wrote the theme oh, song. Oh, that wow. is an amazing fact. Teenage fact. Mutant that's Ninja a, Turtles. That's a talented dude. That, I know, but obviously made a lot more money from telling the worst jokes ever seen well, on television. It yeah. turns out that we he is him. also uh, funny but rude. No, was it? <laughs> what was it? Uh, cool but rude. Cool but, well, cool yeah, but he was rude anyway. All right, we're going to get slightly sidetracked Charlie here. Sheen is a party dude. <laughs> Definitely. We're going to get sli- slightly... So sorry. <laughs> about everything. Thanks for th- singing on the show. Uh, we're going to get sli- slightly sidetracked to talk about all the Ninja, Ninja Turtles namesakes real quick because they're all cool, some of them rude in their own <laughs> right. All party So dudes. your favourite, Matt. Donatello, possibly your favourite too, Jess. Yeah. He was, he's, he's the oldest. sculptor, right? Yep, he was the only one that didn't paint. He just sculpted. And uh, he was... He lived to be 80 years old. Whoa. Which back then was really old. Really old. He was born in 1386, died in 1466. Second oldest is our man Leonardo we're going to talk a lot more about. He lived to be 67, died in 1519. Then we've got Michelangelo, 
who lived to be 88 years wow. old. Wow. So that's also 16th century, died in 1564. And uh, he sculpted David <coughs> and uh, Pieta, not as famous as the Ron Brassi. MCG yeah. statue, of course. Did you look well, up who arguable. did the... The Ron Barassi? Yeah. Definitely not Michelangelo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he completed both David and Pieta, his two most famous statues, before he was 30 years old. So, What have we done with our lives, Dave? Not enough. Ooh. Not. We've got five years. <laughs> but also, if we live as long as him, we've got 50... Oh, good point. 60 more years to go. And um, so he did a lot of great stuff. Obviously, the Sistine Chapel ceiling, the Vatican, the Last Judgment fresco on the wall, also in the Vatican... Uh, so he lived to be 88, which at the time is like a thousand mm. years old. It's so old. <laughs> so old. It's old. He outlived Raphael, who's the youngest of the four, by 44 years, even though Raphael is born eight years after him. So then we have Raphael, who possibly is my new favourite Ninja Turtle, because he uh, was born in 1483, died in 1520. He was only 37. And this is what we know about his death. According to Vasari, who was an artist biographer at the time, Italian guy called Vasari, this is what he wrote about... Raphael. Raphael's premature death on Good Friday, April 6th, 1520, which was also possibly his 37th birthday, was caused by a night of excessive sex with his mistress and model Luti, after which he fell into a fever, and not telling the doctors that this was its cause, was given the wrong cure, which killed him. Wow. So there you go. So he had a lot of sex, had a fever, didn't, w- was too embarrassed to tell the doctor that he'd just been banging all night. <laughs> <laughs> they, g- they gave him the wrong medication, which killed him. What a time to be alive oh, no. when you're embarrassed that you've been banging all <laughs> what, night. What a badass. <laughs> you think he'd walk in That's like so high-fiving yeah. everybody. That doctor, you know what's up? <laughs> and I, I got a sex disease. <laughs> Big time. Really, they should have just, just given him like a... <laughs> Should have given him like a cigarette or something to relax, yeah. like sit back. Really, Raphael, cool but rude. <laughs> cool <laughs> really? but rude. Wow. All right, then we have Leonardo, who is the namesake for the leader of the Turtles. It's not hard to see why that he's the leader, because he was a ridiculously good painter. He was also a sculptor, an architect, a musician, a mathematician, engineer, inventor, as we already discussed, anatomist, geologist, Ugh. cartographer, botanist... And writer, dude. So what? It's not, he's like what an the wa- Walid Ali of the olden <laughs> days. <laughs> but he you did. know what? They like at least you'd want um, Walid at a party because he seems like a cool dude. Yeah. Like you'd like to have a chat to him. I feel like Leonardo's got too many feathers in his hat, yeah. and you'd just be like, "Oh man, come on!" You'd be going all the time. Stop talking mm. shit. Yeah. Well, he's not talking. He's writing shit. He wrote thirteen thousand pages what? of notes and drawings in his lifetime, and for you left-hander. He mainly wrote using mirror image cursive, which is Ooh. where you write backwards from left to right, so you can only you can read it properly if you hold a mirror up to it. Because that's easier for a left-hander to do. Yeah, writing from the wrong way. Oh. But that is the the wrong worst. <laughs> that is the worst code of all time. Yeah, because I don't know. Maybe mir- mirrors weren't as uh, widespread at the time. But if you were going to tell him, hey mate, every house in the whole world is going to have a mirror soon. Yeah, this isn't going to be difficult. So <laughs> this is this is terrible. Wow! But uh, he invented and proposed inventions of things like parachutes, flying machines, weapons, including an early machine gun wow. before the gun, uh, a giant crossbow, an armored car, scuba gear, and my personal favorite, <clears throat> the world's largest horse. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I've invented a horse. <laughs> Which, no, uh, no, they exist. No. Wait, can I? On a, on a, that does that's good. But the one that got me there was the armored car. <laughs> Cars weren't invented for another four hundred years. Neither were guns. That's, that's that's how good this guy is. Jesus. He looks ahead and improves inventions that don't exist. Yet. He's like, now nah, I'm pretty sure broadband's going to be better than dial-up. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, what? Pardon? Oh, he's wow. pretty good. But uh, the world's biggest horse, it, um, he wanted to make a statue of a horse out of bronze, but it never got built because uh, they <laughs> better had... better than a Barassi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. They had to give away the bronze, not for a Barassi. They had to give it away to the French uh, to bribe them to not invade Italy. <laughs> so they're like, here, have this giant horse worth of bronze. And they're like, thank you. Thank you. We won't not invade. Which sucks because if you think about how valuable a giant horse of bronze made by Leonardo would be worth now. Yeah. Oh, it'd be worth... Way more. And just a bonus fact again. The world's largest horse statue was completed in Mongolia in 2009. Maccabi Diva. I think it was the Maccabi Diva. <laughs> Tribute. That's right. It's Genghis Khan riding Maccabi Diva in, in uh, Mongolia. No, it's Genghis Khan on a horse. It is 40 metres tall. 40 metres. 40, which is taller than uh, Christ the Redeemer, the massive statue wow. in Brazil. Why have I never heard of this? It's... It's so big. It's one of because mainly because you've probably never been to Mongolia, Matthew. I have never been to Mongolia. I need to Google that. Put it on the list. Yeah, add that to the list just for the horse. It's, so Im- that he can come it's impressive. Yeah. But I fear not. <laughs> He's writing it on his list. Leonardo's uh, big horse. <laughs> big horse. If you're a fan of the the original big horse, the Leonardo one, fear not because uh, five centuries later they finished Leonardo's horse. In the 70s, Charles Dent, a United Airlines pilot, he wanted to complete the unfinished sculpture, so he set up efforts to organise finance to uh, make the project happen. However, it proved more difficult than he originally thought. So it took 15 years for this pilot to put it together, and it was going to cost two and a half million US dollars to make it these days. And uh, sadly, Dent died in 1994 before they could make it. But he was quite wealthy, so he left his private art collection to the LVDHI. What do you guys think that would stand for? H is a horse, right? Leonardo da Vinci, wait, L-V-D-H-I? Yep. Horse Initiative. (laughs) That is Horse Incorporated. (laughs) Leonardo da Vinci's Horse Inc. (laughs) The worst charity of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Now, guys, it's all right. uh, Tax write-off. So he sold his art, so he got um, another million bucks for the fun. So finally, in in, uh, in the 90s, Nina Akuma, an artist, finished two full-size casts of the horse, which was, guess how, how big it was? Um, okay. Is it well, bigger really than big. the it's one? really big. It's a huge one. 50 metres. No, it's, no, it's smaller than the Kangas Khan. Oh, okay. Oh. Tw- 10 metres. It is only 7.3 metres oh, tall. Oh, my God. So what it's a pretty big it, horse. But, I don't think there's real horses but, that big yeah. now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This was Leonardo da Vinci seeing uh, genetic modification yeah. <laughs> ahead of his time again. Wow. So, St. Kangas Khan's horse, the 40 metre one, could literally step on. Yeah, what a piece of shit so, little what a, horse. Who cares da Vinci? about it? Yes. You are a joke. Stop wasting our time. <laughs> but uh, Leonardo da Vinci, whose name just means Leonardo of oh, Vinci. Mm-hmm. It's not his surname. He did not have a surname. Right. No. Just I did Leonardo. not know that. So, so Leonardo of Caprio. Is that true too? No, no, no. That's D and this is Da Vinci. I'm sorry. Sorry to say that. It's a great joke, though. Great one. Yeah. Oh, wait. Hey, you said it. joke, but <laughs> it was just a question. Yeah, I think it was just a question. What is... Uh, what is all right, you don't know all these things, uh, but what does Leonardo DiCaprio mean? What does it mean? 
It means uh, pretty good, but not good enough for an Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it means. Uh, so Leonardo da Vinci was born out of wedlock, controversial, in the town of Vinci in Tuscany to a wealthy lawyer type named Piero. And uh, his mother stuff. was a peasant called Caterina. So his father married, married four times, Piero, and uh, in his lifetime he was married four times and was nicknamed Pimp Daddy da Vinci, oh, which wow. roughly translates as Pimp Daddy of Vinci. <laughs> That's not true at all. But he married four times. Also, Wait, that's not true, Dave? Come on. Pimp Daddy of Vinci? I think back then that's what they would have said. Pimp Daddy, I reckon. But not much is known about Leonardo's childhood, but he received an informal education. I love this, informal, but the subjects he studied were Latin, geometry, and mathematics. Pretty informal. Pretty informal. Just just the three. Wow. So, um, which if you want to have a genius child, it's probably the curriculum, I reckon. Yeah. Latin. Latin. Your geometry. Your maths. Yeah, Latin's pretty useful, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> so, <laughs> wish so. I'd paid more attention in Latin. Yeah, I wish I'd paid less attention in geometry and more attention in Latin. Yeah. <laughs> the only Latin I know is the saint's uh, motto, which is, f- I've never heard it said, but it looks like it's pronounced fortius quo fidelius. Oh. And it means strength through loyalty. Oh, I like that. Yeah. My school motto was ecclesiae filiae. Daughters of the Church. Oh. Yeah, it's a bit late. My school, school motto <laughs> was uh, Warrandyte High School, so you came here. <laughs> that I, was I don't think that's true. Does Daughters of the Church <laughs> mean the priest was your dad? No, not the priest. Daughters of the Church, the church being the community. Oh, the community was your dad. Yeah. <laughs> or mum. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> I'm also my mum's daughter, Matt. It's not a different word for that. I'll see how it works. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't. You we're, know, can you? We're all we're all learning here. We're all learning. So thanks for that, Matt. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm too reclined. I feel like I'm too relaxed. No, but it's great when Keep you just relaxing. chuckle to yourself. It's very entertaining. I love it. And I the best it. part is as well, like, I can't see Dave's mouth. It's covered by the microphone, so it's just his eyes, which are very expressive. <laughs> <laughs> so it's great. I do a lot of expression with my eyes, which... Out there in podcast land, you can appreciate it to the full extent. <laughs> <laughs> just, um, just Google image me and zoom in on my eyes. So sorry to get They're distracted, big Dave. Big please, enough. do uh, go on. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> At age 14, Leonardo was uh, pre- a- apprenticed to a renowned artist, Verrocchio. Imagine it was like the celebrity apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> just sort of that. Just imagine. You're fired <laughs> from art. Uh, thanks, Trump. Um, there's not enough apprenticing these days, uh, especially to become an artist. No one apprentices to become an artist, yeah. do you? It's more it's no, because it's, it's in your heart. You yeah, can't it's, teach it. No, it's, these days you it's know? more of a three-step program. It's step one, you get a scarf. Two, you tr- start <laughs> drinking coffee. Three, you accept a life of poverty and sadness. I have all three of That's those things. Am I an artist? You are an artist. Yeah. That's right. The unfulfilled artist. What is my art for? I right? did some stand-up at a spoken word night recently. Every, every other actor is a poet. And, I, and they said that what I did was also could be considered <gasps> art. What? And I shed a tear. The fact that they had to say that out loud doesn't <laughs> sound like the gig went very well. No. It did not go very that well. That was Matthew there. What he was trying was art. <laughs> it did not. No, I, I asked him. <laughs> he was the, trying. No, no, exactly. What you could do is could also be described, could also be described, possibly a bit of art. It, it, it went more Certainly like not this. comedy. Uh, from the stage of... It was. I was getting a, a relatively uh, quiet response, and I said something like, "I'm pretty intimidated being here with all you artists." And then someone said, "Hey, <laughs> 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 a poetry heckler." 
<laughs> hey, nah, nah, you're, you're, what you're doing's art as well. Re- and I'm like, really? I say, good sir. <laughs> I respect <laughs> the art form. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now let me return to my little jokes. I think we might be one of the shittiest art forms. I think we're only just above um, interpretive dance. <laughs> oh, we are definitely above interpretive dance. <laughs> right? I'd hope so. But they take themselves so seriously that they probably... No, that probably is art. Stand-up yeah. takes itself pretty seriously. <laughs> Can do. I'm trying to think, is there any art form that we are better than? Clowning? No, but some of them are quite good. Yeah. Mm. Damn it. What about... Um, still better than sport, guys. Still better than sport. <laughs> well... <Right. laughs> I need this, Matt. I need this. <laughs> We're better than sport. So, Leonardi... When, Leonardi. Leonardi. It's my name The Illuminati <laughs> of Leonardo. Leonardo at his workshop... Was exposed to an array of art forms, mediums. He was exposed to metalwork, carpentry, chemistry, plaster casting, drafting, sculpting, and of course, painting. And uh, according to Vasari, who's the guy before that wrote about Raphael dying of hot sex, so I, I trust more than any other source of I've course. ever read before now. Uh, he wrote that Leonardo collaborated with his master, Verrocchio, to paint an angel holding a robe, which was the style at the time. <laughs> Leonardo was so superior to his master that. Verrocchio never painted again. <gasps> oh my goodness, which is uh, wow. maybe why there's no art apprentices anymore. <laughs> They're sick of being shown up. Actually, that story's not true because I read later on that they continued to collaborate later on in life. But anyway, Leonardo graduated the workshop and he was an accredited master, age 20. What? Pretty good. Come on. Accredited. So there was some sort of body. Some that... sort of certificate. Yeah, right. I had zero qualifications at 20. Um, I was like halfway through a an art degree. degree. I was yeah, halfway through an arts degree at twenty. Yeah, me too. Oh god, god, <laughs> look oh. how far we've come. I don't know if people are going to remember us in five hundred <laughs> years, guys. <Right. laughs> um, oh. His father, Pimp Vinci, uh, <laughs> then set Pimp Leo- Daddy. Pimp Daddy, pardon me. Sorry, <laughs> the correct title. <laughs> set up Leonardo in his own workshop. So really, a bit of a spoiled brat there. Yeah, because his dad was quite wealthy, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Even though he's like having millions of kids. Yeah. With millions of women. What a pimp. What a pimp daddy. <laughs> millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library, and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching! <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalized results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI... Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. (laughs) 
and edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Uh, Leonardo then travelled all around Italy doing all these amazing things mentioned earlier, but he actually finished very few projects, especially giant equine statues. Mm. Uh, before so he, he was an ideas man, an but ideas, didn't have a lot of execution. Because he, he lamented that before he died that he never completed a single work in his own eyes. So on his deathbed they asked him if he would like a glass of water, and then when he said nay, they thought he meant no, but he was, in fact, doing an impression of his giant horse. <laughs> oh, Dave. He died of dehydration. Oh, Dave. That's not true. That's not true. When I wrote that on the computer, I laughed out loud for a good two minutes. I was like, you know what? I, in, I deserve a chocolate milk. Yeah. That one. <laughs> Took a break. That's a sign of a good joke. When you write it and you laugh and You're then like, you read it a minute later and you're still laughing. You're like, yeah, this is going in. This, and then when it gets zero reaction from you except for, oh, Dave. <laughs> Like, that was pretty brutal, Jess. Sorry. What, no, you, you said that, and I thought, <laughs> yep, what I do is art. Yeah, I yeah, am yeah. an artist. Yep. Okay, so that's Leonardo. But what about this Mona Lisa chick? What do we know about Mona Lisa? You want to guess anything about her? Um, no, I don't know anything about her. Is her name actually Lisa? Well, Wait, what does Mona so. mean? So Leonardo started... I've got so many questions. I've got answers to all these questions, don't you worry. Leonardo started painting Mona Lisa in Florence in 1503, as I said before. So he was 51. So you got, we've still got time to start our best project. Right. Sort of our... Because oh, that's yeah, the okay. most, his most famous thing, started at 51. Uh, for a long time, there was extraordinary debate over who the woman in the painting was. Over time, people suggested a whole array of possible subjects. Some people even suggested that it was Leonardo himself, a self-portrait oh. in the painting. Most historians, however, believe the woman in the painting to be Lisa del Giocondo. Do you think the fact that it is a woman in the painting sort of suggests it isn't a self-portrait? But then hey, I ha- Matt, it's art. Sorry. It can be a self-portrait. Okay, you know that. Maybe that's sense. how he saw himself. Exactly. Right, okay. Look, I feel like an arsehole. <laughs> an yeah. arsehole. That's right. If you do a lifetime of... Oh, Jess. Oh. <laughs> no, I deserve that. Yeah. yeah. Right. If you do a lifetime of Latin and geometry, you're going to be... Difference is, Jess, you didn't write that on the computer and bring it here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of it and hated it immediately. Still right. sipping my milk. Still sipping oh, my still milk. Good. That was a great joke. Was so good. everyone thought... Of, every, a lot of historians think it's Lisa del Giocondo, who's the, who was the wife of a wealthy silk merchant, Francesco Del Giocondo, but this wasn't confirmed. Francesco of the Delaconto. <laughs> oh, Matt. Oh, Matt. Oh, Matt. But this, it wasn't. <laughs> he just chuckles to himself. That's what I was doing at home. Yeah, no, fair. But I had the decency to do that, leave that at the door. Please, Matthew. I've got some damn facts to get through here. So everyone thinks at least to tell Giocondo, right? But for 500 years, people are like, nah, I'm pretty sure it's someone else. And they can't prove it until 500 years later, in 2005, so not that long ago, 10 years ago, a scholar at the Heidelberg University in Germany oh. found written... I was thinking Heidelberg here. Not Heidelberg, I was Melbourne. Like, wow. <laughs> My God. Go Heidelberg. Yeah. Put him on the map, finally. Yeah. <laughs> got the, Aus- the Austin Hospital and now this. Yeah. No, in, uh, in Germany, a scholar found written by hand in the margin of a book printed in 1477... They found a note from Leonardo contemporary 
Agostino Vespucci that said Leonardo was currently working on a portrait of a woman called Lisa del Giocondo and it was dated 1503. So there you go. The only reason that we know who Mona Lisa is for sure is because someone 500 years ago vandalized an art book. There you go. Thank goodness. Thank you. So next time you're at the library, just write some notes in there and you can claim that you are changing the history of art. Next time I'm on a train, I'm just going to leave a little tag. (laughs) Just, you know. Leonardo da Vinci is currently working on... (laughs) It would be more like uh, Dave Warnicky is currently working on a podcast yeah. called Do Go, Do Go On. <laughs> Check it out at. Do, you, do we know if um, if Leonardo himself named the painting or was, did that happen later? So, well, the title Mona uh, was given to it because um, Mona, so this is the English English translation. So in French, it's known as La Joconde, which oh. is uh, La Joconde, and um, in Italian it's known as La Gioconda named after her last name. But um, it's called the Mona Lisa in English because um, Mona in Italian is a polite form of address originating as ma donna, so two words, M-A and then donna, similar to ma'am or madame in English. And then this became Madonna, one word, like the artist Madonna spells her name, and then it was contracted to Mona as a short form. So that's why it's called. And then people in English started just calling it Mona Lisa. Right. Oh, wow. So so just, I didn't know that. And how long has the French called it the uh, La... La Conte. Yeah, how long... Because that is the... Is that the surname of the No, the that's model? the... That's the... So in Italian, she spells her last name with a G, and in French it's spelled with a J. There's no J in but Italian. But that's, that's Lisa's surname, right? Is that true? Yeah, it's true, yeah. Lisa's surname. So, like, surely that was a big clue as to who the painting was of, right? Well, yeah, that's what, that's what people were claiming, but you still couldn't prove it for a long so time. So it's, it's been its name for a long time, though, and only recently that little note said. Look, I'm going to say, just based on the fact that that's what it's been called forever, that I believe it is Lisa LaFontaine. <laughs> La Fontaine. La Gioconde or La Gioconda. Um, Francesco Gioconda, the wealthy silk merchant I mentioned before, Lisa's husband, he commissioned Leonardo to make the portrait of his wife um, to celebrate his daughter Andrew's birth and the purchase of a new family home. So they wanted to make the painting. Why and not Le- paint your daughter if it's for her birth? Yeah. Uh, or it's just like, hey, good job. Anyway. no. Maybe this guy can see in the future and be like, look, no one's going to give a shit about a baby. Yeah, people good are going to care about... My plain-looking wife. With no eyebrows. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Leonardo had no income at the time, which probably explains why he took the job. Because he was, he was famous in his lifetime. People knew who he was. Uh, but he had to stop the job because he was given a more valuable commission. So he was never paid for the work and never gave it to them. So they never got it. <gasps> so they never even got it. And now it's like hella famous. Super. That freaks me out. Imagine if you got famous hundreds of years after yeah. your death. Like, just because everyone knows her face now. Yeah. But in her lifetime, no one knew her face. But if if that if it was given to them, it probably never would have become famous. Yeah, that's right. right? Because yeah. it would have just been in their private collection. No one would have ever seen it. Yeah, wow. but like, but if she came back to life now, it would be super weird. But do you reckon she'd be that, mad too? That like... would be, wait, you saying it would be weird <laughs> because she... <laughs> you saying yeah, it would okay. be weird because, okay, yeah. oh, look, I'm famous. This is weird, not... A woman from 500 years ago has come back to life. Okay, a bit of column A, a bit of column B. <laughs> I think both of those would be equally strange. Wow. Uh, but then 1516, Leonardo 
few, uh, so this is like 13 years later, was invited by King Francois I to work near the King's Castle in France. So this is the King of France. And it's believed that uh, Leonardo took the Mona Lisa with him and continued to work after he moved to France. So that's the controversy if he continued to paint it later on. And um, he may have done it until two years before his death. And he died in 1518, as I said before. And after he died, Leonardo passed on, 67 years old. Had a pretty good innings for the time. Mm, not bad. Uh, the painting was inherited, among other works, by his pupil and longtime assistant, Salai. S-A-L-A-I, Salai, who was also another person people claimed may have been the subject because he was like a little, little assistant that went with him everywhere. And the King of France bought the painting off Salai and kept it in a pala- the palace of Fontainebleau. I think I've just quietly nailed that. Where it remained until Louis XIV moved the painting to the palace of Versailles. Because obviously probably heard of Versailles, the big famous painting. Been there. Palace. Sorry, just a uh, And it survived brag. the... F- <laughs> Matt, have you also seen Versailles? I've but seen not it, but I didn't go in. Yeah, I, right? <laughs> yeah you... I saw it as I flew over. Nice. Does that count? The line was like two hours long, and I was like, I don't really care that much about this palace. So I just looked around the garden, and then I went home. Yeah, is that I'm, true? From the yeah. outside, oh my goodness, a lot of those. I really should have gone in, but it was. Yeah, it's the biggest house I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> oh wow, a big uh, Some would argue a palace. A palace. Well, it's palatial. It's a palatial <laughs> house. <laughs> It's, it's bigger than my house, that's all I can yeah, say. Yeah, no, by quite a lot, really? I would assume. At least double. Oh, yeah. At least that's double. pricked my ears up. Yeah, well, hello. <laughs> Can't believe it. Should have gone in. Bloody <laughs> goose I am. You bloody goose. Uh, Mona Lisa survived the French Revolution. It was moved to the Louvre after that, but before it spent a brief period in the bedroom of Napoleon. Ooh. Speaking of Napoleon earlier. Yeah. During the Franco-Prussian War, it was again moved <laughs> from the Louvre um, to another place to keep it safe. So it's, been, it's seen a lot of shit. It's done a lot of stuff. Um, it's been owned by some very, very famous people, that kind of stuff, but that's not why it's known to us today. It's known to us because of an event that happened in 1911. That's relatively recent. So only 104 years ago. So on August 22nd, 1911, and so it was in the Louvre at this time, an artist named Louis Beru, an artist who did his own stuff, but he also copied other artists' work and then sold, sold them on the street. So he'd go into the Louvre, do a sketch and then sell it as a copy because there was no photocopiers in 1911, guys. Weird. Hmm. Huh. Can you believe the more you learn? <laughs> Leonardo Leo, had... Yeah, I was going to say, he invented one. <laughs> he'd already invented the scanner. <laughs> yeah, he'd gone one ahead. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a paper-free digital age one 3D day. 3D printers he'd already thought of. What a guy. Uh, so he went into the Louvre, this guy, Louis Beru, to do a sketch of the Mona Lisa to sell it on the street and he saw where it's supposed to be on the wall, four iron pegs were hanging. So it wasn't there on the wall. And he went to see a garden. He was like, hey, where's the painting? And they said, relax, man. It's probably just being photographed for postcards and stuff. So that's how they, w- they would make money huh. at the Louvre. They would make extra money at the time. They, would, they still do that. So, so he was like, it's, it's just doing press. Don't worry about it. Copy something else. But this guy wasn't satisfied with that. So he went away. He came back at the end of the day and it still wasn't there. So he was like to the same guard, hey, I don't want to be that guy, but <laughs> relax, it's, dude. It's not here, so they were like the guys. Like, I'll go check with the manager of the gallery, and bam, 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 it was stolen. What? Oh my! Matt, God. it's a podcast. You have to react audibly. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Matt looks so there we go. There we go. <laughs> what had happened was former Louvre worker, an Italian guy called Vincenzo Perugia. Vincenzo. Vincenzo, say it with me, Matt. Vincenzo, Vincenzo Peruzzi. Peruzzi. <laughs> <laughs> Perugia. 
I, I think they pronounce their G's as S's. <laughs> Perusi. Okay. So anyway, Perusi. Vincenzo. Let's just call him that. Vinny. He had pulled off, Vin, Vin Meister had pulled off the greatest art theft of the 20th century, possibly of all time. Now, when you guys think of great art thefts, mm-hmm. or any theft, bank robberies, that kind of stuff. I think of uh, Frederick McCubbin. <laughs> <laughs> Stealing our hearts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One panel at a time. One panel at a time. But when you think of uh, you think of theft, you think of uh, Ocean's Eleven, yes, yeah, that's bank vaults being broken. That's right, yeah. people cartwheeling through laser beams, dropping from the ceiling, doing all <laughs> kinds of stuff. Three years of planning, blueprints, maps, that kind of stuff. No, no, that is not how Vincent Vincenzo Puruggia rolls, right? He he rolls in a much more casual way. On the Sunday night, the night before, Perugia had hid in a broom cupboard in the Louvre, knowing that the next day the museum would be closed because. It's closed on Mondays. Sure. He emerged on Monday morning wearing a white artist smock that he used to work there in because he used to um, put glass on top of the... People were like, hey, the art's not lasting long enough. We should put glass on all of them. So there for a few months, it, it took thousands and thousands of artwork had to have glass put on them. So he was that guy for a bit. Then he quit, but he kept his white art smock. So he comes out of the broom cupboard. Just casual. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And... Um, at the time, there's a lot less guards on a Monday because it's closed, so there was no one in there. He walks into the room where the Mona Lisa is hanging, and uh, he just grabbed it off the wall, <laughs> went to a stairwell, took it out of its frame, uh, chopped it down the front of his white art smock, did it up, and walked out the fucking front door. And he was gone. That's he, amazing. He passed a guard station on the way out, but the guard was getting a glass of water. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Can you imagine what he would look like just hobbling down the street with a big canvas just stuff? Because it, it's painted on uh, on wood. That's the thing about it. So he didn't just roll it up or anything. Like oh, it's, she so it's a solid. Wood. Yeah, it's, it's painted on wood. So it's just got this solid <laughs> sort of art. 77 by 53 centimetres. Is, pa- is she oil? Oil on wood? Oil no. on wood, yes. Mm. Uh, I think she's a watercolour. She's not she's a watercolour, I think pastel. She, crayons. <laughs> Please, she has a name, and it's Lisa Del Giaconda. Sorry, Thank you. Lisa. Thank you very much. Lisa Del um, So, uh, old mate Vincenzo took it back to his apartment, and Paris lost their shit. Really? It was in the papers around the world, but here's how unknown it was at the time. Police had to circulate thousands of flyers with Mona Lisa's face on it, so people knew what she would look like if they saw it. So these days, if it got stolen, you would instantly be like, oh, that's Mona Lisa. But at the time, even in Paris, people not sure what it was like. And the Washington Post even published the wrong picture when they wrote an article about wow. it being painted. So it's just not known at the time. But you know what? If you saw, if you walked into your friend's apartment now and they had a Mona Lisa... The one. Yeah, yeah, but you'd just be like, oh, you've got a print of the Mona yeah. Lisa. That's but, cool, yeah, I guess. A, a print. A print. <laughs> not <laughs> the original. Wait, is... <laughs> Is that beach towel the real Mona Lisa? <laughs> <laughs> and what's this 10 metre by 6 metre painting on the other wall in your apartment? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, but the Louvre, Louvre the Louvre, they, they felt like losers. Yeah. They closed for an entire week. Administrators lost their jobs. French borders were closed. Every wow. ship, every train was searched for <gasps> but, the painting. But at the time, it wasn't yeah. even that famous. Yeah, Is but people were pretty... Because like, obviously, it's not that famous at the time, but Leonardo da Vinci was he still a legend at the time. Yeah. So people were like, hang on, someone stole out Leonardo. That's pretty annoying. A massive reward was announced for its safe return. Uh, Paris was devastated as news spread of the loss of uh, this... 
Cheer Very up, famous Paris. painting. <laughs> Seriously, it's a painting. And all, well, all they had left was four iron pegs and the frame that it once hung in. Oh, wow. Uh, this is interesting. Police started questioning people about, about, about the painting, one of whom was uh, Guillaume Polinaire, an avant-garde poet, who one of your mates, Matt, yeah. poet. <laughs> he's an art critic who he coined the terms cubism and surrealism. Wow. Pretty cool guy. Wow. Uh, he's a friend to art, but he had also once claimed that the Louvre should be burnt to the ground. <laughs> so his outrageous comments landed him in jail as being a suspect. And when he was in jail, it became obvious it wasn't him. But he started pointing the finger at his friend, one Pablo Picasso, Ooh. who was living in Paris at the time. And they arrested Picasso, who was hey, already successful at the time. Pablo Picasso's house in Paris. I walked past it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go into any building in Paris? <laughs> Did you just walk past everything? <laughs> and what, what did his house look like? It looked pretty good. It was like, an, it was like a townhouse sort of apartment thing, like a fully did, fully attached sort did, of thing. Didn't look very rich? rich? No, it wasn't, he but was, it, he, he was rich during his lifetime, though. That's right, he yeah. Was one of the few he lived wars. to be in his 80s as well. Did yeah. He? And yeah, so he was, when he died, he was uh, estimated to be worth, he was over a billion dollars. Wow. What? Then. Like serious money. Uh, th- this one was a walking Holy tour crap. of Paris of the um, uh, whatever district that was. Great, because it, but Picasso was a self, self, <laughs> self-made man. When he was young, I read that he used to have to burn his canvases to stay warm at night. What? Wow. He didn't have enough money to pay for wood. Imagine what they'd be worth now. I Damn. Know. Every time um, I go to the NGV, I always like go to. F- There's like one Picasso at the NGV, and I always go and have Weeping a look woman? at it. Yeah, yeah, and I'm always like, "Sup, Picasso? Mm-hmm. Sup, Picasso? Baby." And then I keep going. It, on this walking tour, they um, why can't I remember the name of that district? Anyway, they um, the tour guide said that there's a, there's a a story about Picasso that um, he, he used to just get free stuff based on his fame and stuff. So he, one time he he had this big dinner and he and drinks and stuff. And when it came time to pay the check, he's like, "How about I just uh, give you this drawing?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, that'd be amazing." He's like, "Can you can you?" Um, and the the restaurateur said, do you, do you mind signing it? And he said, mate, I'm just trying to buy the meal, not the whole restaurant. Oh! <laughs> oh Smackdown! He, and then he put on his sunnies and rode <laughs> off on a motorbike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a castle motherfucker! <laughs> but he was a he was a bad... So before... Because he, he lived to be, be an old man in his 80s and made a lot less good stuff in his 80s. But anyway, he was still making art and um, people... Obviously, we're thinking he was going to die, and he's also very, very famous. But a lot of his art he hadn't signed, and they were trying to work out what was his and what was knockoffs of his. So they were trying to get him to sign stuff. So people would often send him a painting and be like, Hi, I own one of your works. Can you sign it for me? And he got so sick of it that um, one day someone sent him a canvas, and he's like, Yeah, I'll sign it. And he signed it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times so that you couldn't see the image anymore, and it was just blur of Picasso, Picasso, Picasso. And he ruined his own artwork. He's like, There you go. Oh. I bet you that's worth heaps now. If they can, it what a shit! <laughs> so we've got Perugia. Everyone's freaking out about it. it's made headlines, but then uh, everyone thinks it's lost forever. So our thief Vincenzo, who's just a simple house painter, that's his other day job. Meanwhile, lay low for two years, keeping the painting just in a trunk in his apartment. Uh, so and after two years, he decided to take it to Florence in Italy, back where he's from. And uh, then he tried to sell the painting to an art gallery for what is worth $3 million in today's money, which is a steal for the Mona Lisa. 
And uh, the dealer was suspicious of it actually being real, as you would be. So he got the director of the famous Uffizi Gallery in Florence. He's like, all right, I'll pay the money if it's real, but I'll bring over the director. <laughs> this doesn't sound like a good project. idea. And of course, it was real, and the director convinced Perugia. He was like, yeah, it is real. Can you give it to me for safekeeping? Oh, my God. This is even worse. And Perugia was like, yeah, okay. And uh, then the director immediately called the police and Perugia was arrested. So, there you go. Oh, Perugia. Jeez, he'd come so far. Two years, imagine. Two years. So, the painting was back. Big news story across the world again, increasing its fame. Look, Dave, just for the listeners, if you're going to sell a super famous piece of artwork... It's got to be on the black market. Uh, no, yeah. you can't get the director of the most famous gallery in Florence. Because what are they going to do? Be like, yeah, sure, we'll buy it. We'll put it up. No one's going to call me on it. <laughs> yeah, so I think dumb. France is going to be pretty pissed. So well, Leonardo da Vinci's master portrait uh, returned when everyone was thought it was lost. And it did a, a tour of Italy and then returned to... It did a tour. Yeah. <laughs> the stadium tour. The stadium tour. <laughs> Matt, yeah. you've got to stop doing <laughs> visual gags. Look, I'm just here for you guys. <laughs> I'm just, I love that um, it's like the Mona Lisa <laughs> stadium tour with support from Van Gogh. <laughs> so the first they bring out Van Gogh and everyone's like, oh, it's pretty good. And then <laughs> Mona Lisa comes out. <laughs> yeah! Encore! Encore! Oh, my goodness. I didn't think he was going to bring out the Last Supper, but he did. He did. <laughs> So it was back to the Louvre in 1913. And uh, meanwhile, Perugia, he was like, nah, I stole it for patriotic reasons. I'm not, a th- I'm not a thief. He said he wanted to bring the painting back to Italy after it was stolen by Napoleon, which is definitely untrue because uh, it was bought by the King of France 250 years before Napoleon was even born. So Perugia was like, no, I had good intentions. And he, even though he wanted a, a casual $3 million. Yeah. So that kind of undermines that theory in my mind. People still debate about this, mm. whether he was a good guy. He was put on trial, but the court kind of agreed that he did it for patriotic reasons. So they gave him a, a lenient sentence. And he went to jail for one year and 15 what? days. But he was hailed as a great patriot in Italy for bringing the portrait back home. And he served only seven months in jail. But you know what? Like I was going to say, oh, come on. But at the same time, all he did was steal a painting. Like He yeah. didn't murder anybody. <laughs> yeah, still a year. Imagine, That's a long time. But imagine being in prison and they're like, what are you in for? And you're like, stole a painting? You'd just get shanked. Oh, yeah. Big <laughs> time. You'd be someone's bitch. That is, that is like the pansy yeah. art, art crime. No, you guys forget. He was, a, he was a great patriot. Yeah. He would have been the king of that jail. Yeah. For stealing, some, for stealing a painting. Good on him. Well, yeah, well, the people that should have been thanking him were back over in Paris at the Louvre because before the disappearance of the painting, it was hardly world famous and was only recognised by people in the art world that recognised Because these days you go and see it, it's in its own room practically. It's got its own wall. But back then it was just, they were just in a room with dozens of other portraits. So it was just any other thing, just another thing. 400 years later, she's finally hit the big time. Wow, so he kind of did her a favour. Absolutely. He made her really famous. Made her famous because... I can't believe before that, like, she wasn't that famous so that they had to print pictures of her Yeah, people just didn't know. Wow. And then um, the legend sort of grew. So during the Second World War, the painting was again removed from the Louvre, taken to... uh, A lot of art was taken to several chateaus in the French countryside so uh, the Nazis couldn't get it when they uh, occupied Paris. I think this feels like every episode we should somehow bring up the Nazis because I feel like I, <laughs> I think they they slot into any topic. <laughs> they, I knew they'd be. I knew they were only minutes away. <laughs> every time I'm 
I, I read about something on Wikipedia. Some, Wikipedia uh, always is Napoleon or Hitler. They're always involved. <laughs> and we've ticked both those boxes we today. We have. <laughs> Contractually obligated as we are. Sponsored, Sponsored by, by Napoleon. <laughs> uh, so, um, and then in the 60s, uh, the painting toured again, this time to America. Did you guys know this? It went to New York City and Washington, D.C. This is when JFK was in power and 1.7 million New Yorkers turned up to see it in the freezing month of February. So in one month, nearly 2 million people saw it. Gosh. Then it went to Japan and Moscow 10 years later. And by this time, it was being used in advertisements. It's put on fridge magnets, on T-shirts. So the legend just kept getting bigger and bigger. bigger. More people recognise it until suddenly it's the most famous painting in the world. It's one of those things when, when a, you know, the cult gets so big. Now it's 100 years later. We've all forgotten why mm. yeah. it got so big. Like, yeah. You just sort of accept it. It's like the Beatles. Yeah, they're the biggest. You just accept it. Yeah. You don't. Like I imagine people in another 40 years look back at the Beatles and be like, sorry, why were they, why were they big? They just were. They just were. Yeah. They were just the band. So that's what Mona Lisa. And um, it's time to put a price on something you can't put a price on. Ooh. What do you guys reckon it's worth? I'll give you a bit of a clue here. The most expensive painting ever sold. It's currently another French artist, Gauguin. Sold in February this year. Do Gauguin. Do Gauguin. <laughs> we should call the episode Do Gauguin. It was sold in February. So sorry. No, it's great. So sorry, Jess. No, no, no. Hey, you didn't get it. Oh, Matt. Oh, you come, you come to one. my place <laughs> here. Mm-hmm. It was actually pretty good, Do Gauguin. It was great. It was a good one. So yeah, anyway, okay. this How Gauguin. Uh, you deserve it? better than that, Jess. <laughs> Do I? What about me? Nah. Dave. Yeah, okay, sorry about that. Nay. <laughs> Nay uh, the most expensive painting ever sold was $300 million. 300 $300 million. Million. Yeah, in February this year. So that's sold. So the Mona Lisa hasn't been sold for a long time. Mona Lisa is worth a lot more than that. I'm going to go a billion. Go for a bill? I'm going to go $100 billion. <laughs> I'm going to say priceless. I'm going to say priceless. Well, you would be right. It is priceless because it, it, when it toured to the USA in the 60s, they got an insurance quote on it, and it was valued then at $100 million, which today is $700 million. But they decided not to insure it, and they just spent more money on security. Yeah, that seems wow. Because you can't... Because $700 million, if you, if you go... That's like time machine money. Like, you would... You would need if it di- if it was destroyed. Obviously, you can't replace it. You would have to get, have enough yeah. money to build a time machine, yeah, go back in time, and stop the Nazis from <laughs> ever coming to power. Do you think that it'll ever go anywhere else? Like, I think it has to stay in the loop. Yeah, no, they've it? said now that they won't let it out ever again. So, you, Matt, you blew your chance. Uh-huh, it's not no. coming to Melbourne next year. I've been to Paris three times, never and I've it. never. It's just three times. I will after this after this uh, lesson that I've just had here. I'm going to go check it out next time. Yeah. I um I was just wondering though. Mm-hmm. It's so it's only famous because it was stolen, right? Is is the painting even any good? It's just like a portrait. I don't really get why that is amazing compared to millions of other paintings. Mm. Well. Like any sort of art, it's a question for yourself. Yeah. Subjective. Do you enjoy the Mona Lisa? Well, I, I, I don't think I'd look twice at it if I didn't know it was... I think it's very, it's very difficult to get rid of the hype and the cult yeah. following that it has and subjectively, pardon me, objectively look at it and go, if, I, if you did see that for the first time... Yeah, would it's you, hard to know. But would I, you look twice or would you just... Move along the wall to the... Yeah, the big thing. I yeah. play a game when I go to art galleries where like you, every room you go into, you can pick one. 
Yeah. It's a great game. And you're right. I don't think I would pick her if I walked into a room with, not even just the room that she's in with that 10 metre by mm-hmm. 6 metre, but in any room I'd just be like, yeah, it's fine, whatever. I'd pick something else. So great point. Great point, But Matthew. isn't that crazy? Because I just assumed that there was something I didn't get, but it sounds like it was just because it was stolen. Yeah, and but I didn't know that. Just a chance. Just a bit like, of it's chance. actually quite recently famous in terms of how old it is. Yeah, so mm-hmm. only one-fifth of its lifetime yeah, has it been that famous. the big deal that it is. I think this podcast should go real big. I think this is going to educate some people, uh-huh. and I think it's going to go viral. <laughs> okay, big call, big yep. call. Big. In big 500 call. years. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> when the technology no longer exists to listen to it. Uh, I'm just going to finish on this. In 2005, Dutch researchers from the University of Amsterdam ran the painting's image through emotion recognition computer software. You know how people talk about... One of the things people talk about is... The Mona Lisa smile, like, oh, what, what is that expression she's mm. got? It's very ambiguous. Different people see it different ways. Not anymore. We've, we've, <laughs> we know the stats. She is, according to the smile, 83% happy. <laughs> 83% happy. 9% disgusted. Oh. 6% fearful. Oh, Leonardo. 2% angry. Less than 1% neutral. Sure. And thankfully, 0% surprised. Wait. What? Like, with all those other things, wouldn't it be 0% neutral? How can you be I know. No, less point than something percent neutral, <laughs> but 99 point something percent not neutral? Uh, anyway, look, that's just I've just debunked that whole study there. That's, oh, that, it's, it's almost like that study isn't that it's, scientifically accurate anyway. It's, it's almost like it's a waste great. of all of our time. Yeah. Hey, Jess, did you have a question? Yeah, I did. Oh, pardon me. Yes, question. No, no, no. It's just, did Da Vinci have a family? Did he have kids? No. He just he was just a, a no, lone wolf. No, no, he wolf. was uh, a lone wolf. Mm-hmm. And um, the only, because there's not much written about his personal life. There was just one time there was a rumor that he was in a homosexual relationship with another man. And then at the Makes time, sense. at the time, which was. <laughs> he was in a homosexual relationship <laughs> with another <laughs> woman. <laughs> oh. Oh. No, and um, but that was controversial at the time. Obviously, not, oh, not very accepting 500 years ago. Extremely religious society. But, but, that's f- but then uh, oh. he was able to, in quotation marks, clear his name. Oh, my God. To try and, but I'm pretty sure that he just wasn't a sexual being. Yeah, cool. Well, he had so much else going on. Oh, no, he had too much. Who has the time? Who has yeah. time? Yeah, fair enough. No, that was my... Just wondering if there were any other Da Vinci's out there. Sadly. And I think my favourite part of all of that, although, you know, that was fairly early and a lot of interesting things happened, but when uh, he said he'd never finished a work, like in his eyes, nothing that's, was finished. Yeah, that's in his eyes. I wonder what else he would have added to the Mona Lisa, for example. Like if she, he didn't feel that was finished or any of his other works weren't finished. He's going to put a hat on her. Just a bloody... <laughs> <laughs> fedora. Fedora and a cigar. <laughs> yeah. And like Groucho Marx. Yeah. Oh, I, don't, I just think he wanted to finish that goddamn horse. Yeah, maybe. That does sound like a real, what a frustrating feeling that must yeah. be that you just feel empty. What a perfectionist. Yeah. So, guys, that is the Mona Lisa, our first thing I did go on. You it was sure fascinating, did. though. That was, yeah. I didn't know nearly any of that apart from the Ninja Turtles. That's our first report. We're going to come back next week with Matt or Jess doing a report on another topic. Uh-huh. But if you had a good time, share it around. Tell the peeps and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Laters. Bye. Share them facts, girl. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.